and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, podcast number 34, our last podcast. With me tonight, Ian. Hello. And Mac. Podcasting from my lair hidden beneath the streets of Lakewood. Very good, very good. And of course, Eric. Why will we stop podcasting just because the Christians are gone? <laughs> well, that's a good point, right? That is a good point because I don't think any of our listeners will be missing. <laughs> right, exactly. They'll, they'll still be here. So it may not be our last podcast, but it'll be the last one for the uh, for the. I, I guess that'd be the last one for the uh, the Catholic Church. Those are going to be raptured. Right. Although, actually, depending on how you interpret the Bible, um, I may may or may not be here because I was baptized, and at one point I did believe in God. So, by some accounts, I may be saved. I was never baptized. In my yeah, and my belief in God was probably always suspect. Yeah. All right, I was I was baptized, but uh, my interest in God, particularly in church services, was very very limited. But did you believe in God at some point? Um, which God? I or, don't know how specific the if, Bible is. If you have to ask that, God. then probably not. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, if you if you're reading Exodus. It talks about the other gods, but that you're just not supposed to worship them. Yeah, but so, if you believe in the God of the Bible at some point and were baptized, you could make the argument that you can be saved, even if you no longer believe. There are certain passages in there that say, you know, you have to have believed in him and been baptized, and somehow, you know, that, that's enough. But it depends on your take on it. Well, but is it, it does, is that what it is? Whose it, take, who's take matters? You can find... You can find stuff to defend this logic. You can find stuff to defend all sorts of other logic where different aspects are equally important. It, the Bible's very annoying in regards to being specific. Well, it's the reason they call it the big book of multiple choice. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, though, come on, let's face it. For an afterlife, it lacks a little something. I'd say go for Valhalla. Fight all day, drink all night. <laughs> I don't like blood or beer, so go with no. All right, Eric, you're just gonna have to be Buddhist. Something. Something. All right. You know what? He's gonna look really good in an orange um, robe. I'll come back as a uh, house cat as long as I have nice owners. <laughs> they, they have no responsibilities. If I come back as a house cat, I am spreading Toxoplasma gondii everywhere. That would be my mission in life. Gondii. Toxmo, Toxoplasma gondii. It's uh, <clears throat> it's one of those things that you get uh, that that cats get that can can cause birth defects. In... It's it's basically it's what's in cat feces. Right, exactly. It's in cat shit. So, Brian, are you telling me that you wish to be reincarnated as an incontinent cat? I don't know. I maybe a chimpanzee would be better. That way, I uh, could be a poop flinger. <laughs> All right, we're going far. <laughs> Are we Shut done up, with this? Um, I do need to point out. I, I do need I'll... to. So okay, go ahead. I was going to say I do need to point out that the harbinger of the apocalypse is Ronald McDonald because he will be appearing at May twenty first on uh, the uh, McDonald's on Jewel and Wadsworth in Lakewood, Colorado. He will be there along with somebody from NASCAR. The harbinger so of the apocalypse. <laughs> one of the things we're going to talk about is Lemonade Day. And here's the story on this. There's one street I drive down almost daily to um, go and do my stores. Had a big billboard for the Judgment Day, you know, the family radio stuff, you know, the Bible, the Bible guarantees it, all that crap. Then a half mile later, 
Okay, the, the judgment day being on May 21st, right? Half mile later, um, there's a sign with a big smiley sun on it, and it says Lemonade Day, May 22nd. So you got Judgment Day, May 21st, half mile later, Lemonade Day, May 22nd. So, of course, I had to look into what Lemonade Day was, and I, I love the idea of it, because if Judgment Day happens on the 21st, all the kids that are going to participate in Lemonade Day should rack up quite a bit of money, because if hell on earth is happening, Lemonade is going to sell for quite a bit. <laughs> but anyway, the idea of Lemonade Day is actually to teach kids how to be entrepreneurs, basically. They, they can pick up a kit that shows them how to set up a lemonade stand, how to find investors, stuff like that. I don't know exactly how good it is or anything. But it's actually trying to promote kids to go and be active in, you know, not, not just setting up your little stand in your front yard, but really trying to do, you know, I guess, go a few steps beyond that. So I love the concept. It's a great concept. But, yeah. But like I said, I just love the fact that Judgment Day is the 21st, Lemonade Day is the 22nd here in Colorado. So you, know, you, should have, you should have taken a camera along with you and snapped those billboards. I actually tried to, but I, I, I got a decent one on the first one, but I couldn't get a good one on the second one because whenever I actually was lucky enough to be at the stoplight, there'd always be cars in the wrong position to block my view of it. Ah. And it's, it's right at where Evans and Santa Fe meet, so there's no okay. good area to pull over there because it's you know an overpass. So It so, is kind of a bad spot. Okay, so I, I'm taking it by the... Um, lack of seriousness here that uh, none of us actually believe that the rapture is going to happen is is that the case i don't believe i personally will be raptured uh, well do you think anybody <laughs> will be raptured on that day yeah i i, I, I have, have doubts like i'm sure lots of people that... will be in rapture on that day <laughs> i i believe like every other day. i believe possibly you know i'm, I'm kind of concerned that we might see either psychosomatic deaths or suicides on that date I, I bet we see nothing. I, I don't think I, – I, I don't know – I guess I don't no, know what the population is that's actually taking this seriously. Well, Harold Camping has got a lot of elderly followers. <laughs> what, we will see, what we will see is Harold Camping and his group busy trying to find some explanation as to why okay. it didn't happen. All right. And readjust the date. And that's what I want to – so, so I, think it's, I think it's countdown to, back, to backpedaling. So yeah. what are your predictions? What are the, how, why are they going to – how are they going to explain this away? What do you think the things that are that they're going to say – when this comes up, so let's make some predictions as to what their excuses are going to be. I'm going with somebody didn't carry a zero. All right. And dead silence. It's very hard well, to carry nothing. If you look at the site I have linked at the beginning of this where it says Judgment Day. Right. Um, they, they give, remember camping back in um, 94 gave the prediction. Well, right, we talked about panel, that in one of our very first podcasts. Right. Right now, in '94, what it was was that was the first, the the end of the first um, 2,300 day period of the Great Tribulation, which is what we are apparently in the midst of right now. Right, and so it, it kind of justified that. It's like, oh, well, it wasn't Judgment Day, but it was a, a significant day in the process of Judgment Day. Right. Okay, so it's going to be so the the their excuses are going to be like something. Well, this is the start of it. We'll yeah, see. Well, we'll not, start to see it, at, you know, because we have six months until the Earth is destroyed now. So we'll start to months. see these things start to happen. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. They'll, they'll have some justification, some some explanation of this is just part of the period. The rapture will happen soon, or you know, they'll give another date for it. Right. Someday. It's just the beginning of the rapture. Right. It's not all going to happen in one day. So so Christ will come back, and also, but the Antichrist must appear to us first, right? 
Uh, I believe so. It gets all confusing. But the Antichrist will appear and claim to be the Christ. And if you fall for it, then you're non, you know, they're not true to the faith. So anyone that comes and claims to be the Christ, you can't follow because that's going to be the Antichrist. Okay. But then that will get confusing because when Christ actually appears, he can't claim to be the Christ, or else you can say, hey, wait a moment, you're the Antichrist. Well, he could claim to be the Antichrist just to fool him. So anyone who claims to be the Christ is the Antichrist. Well, see, so but won't know Christ. Christ won't make, he won't have to come and say that he's Christ. We'll just all know. So the one I who's guess, saying yeah. he's Christ will know is the fake, and the one that we believe is Christ will know is the real one. Yeah, we'll just look at him and say, Jesus Christ. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I predict that if the rapture does actually happen this coming Saturday, first of all, there'll be a lot less pickup trucks on the road. <laughs> Secondly, you won't be able to get a, anything at Chick-fil-A because they'll all be closed. Well, I think Costco will have to be closed too then, right? One would think. And Walmart will probably be understaffed. Uh, yeah, but they'll be open. <laughs> and in the Bay Area, nothing will change. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, huh? Well, you, you're you in for it when the alignment of the six planets come. That'll probably sink you guys. Sink or sink? I sink. Uh, you know, oh. it'll 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 cover them up with water. Ah, we'll have oceanfront property. Say, I'm still confused. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. It was something stupid I was reading this week. I didn't put it in the document. It was it was really stupid. All right, so Ian, how are your book sales going? Yes, yeah, I've sold a few copies, but still trying to promote it. So, if any of our listeners are interested, my book with the brilliant cover design by Mac here, called "My Delusions of Godhood," is up at Amazon, both in a print and Kindle form. Yes, his his delusions of godhood are covered by my delusions of artisthood. <laughs> We're one big delusional happy family. I have delusions. Yes, of we are. Talk <laughs> <laughs> over my joke. Oh well. All right. And, of course, Ian and I were at Skeptic Camp this weekend. And I don't want to say too much about Skeptic Camp. Um, we'll be we'll be putting stuff in the feed from Skeptic Camp. We'll, we'll get it. Um, and it, Dogma Free America, um, I'm sure that they'll be putting that stuff into the feed. Uh, Rich Orman recorded it all. So that's coming. And anyone who listens, if you get a chance to go to one of these things, they're worth doing. It's a great community. It's free. Um they talk about everything, you know, really. They cover a wide range of topics. You get some great information. You get some great contacts. You meet people. It's just a fun time. Yeah, like they spent the whole day, several different people, talking about what energy is. And guess what? We all left confused because nobody yeah, but, could agree. But the astrophysicist even said energy is not something you can easily explain. Yeah, yeah. Both of them said that. And that was the main problem. Right, but the problem is that we were taking, uh, we were taking a textbook definition and the and the definition from Wikipedia and what was it Matt uh, up in front who didn't like the definition and he has training in physics we had another gentleman with uh, Stuart who has a doctorate in physics and then we had another gentleman who was trying to explain you know why there's no free energy and uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, that was the most heated um, part of the day I think is um, the discussion over right. what is energy right and I asked and it's all because like it was said there's no easy um way to explain energy but we have certain ones to try and simplify it as well as we can right but that was uh but that was a good um that's how skeptic camp is supposed to work that incident right. right there is how this is supposed to work because somebody who's getting up there may not be an expert and they may be wrong about something and so it's good that they can you know that we that we can correct people and and help people get through this stuff 
Um, because and, a lot of it isn't easy. Nature. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like that. They both were ready to strangle each other. No, no, no. They was. It was. No, they so, were. They were yeah, having. That's the other thing. You know, you did. You could disagree and not turn it into something personal. Yeah, so, you know, so very well done. Yeah, so it went well. So Skeptic Game was fun, and we'll be uh, putting that putting at least my astrology bit will go into the feed, which went pretty well. I, I'd say um, uh, there was a review of Skeptic Camp um, over at uh, the Gimp Crap Gimp Crack site. I always like to say Gimp Crap. I wish he'd change the name for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> over at the Gimp Crack site, and you know, and he went through it. And one of the things he said about my astrology talk is that those astrologers do a lot of work for their woo. He, if I was going to choose something, I'd choose something a lot simpler than that. So I, I think I got the point across that it's that it, it is complicated and these people are doing a lot of work. Um, there's, you know, ultimately there's nothing to it, but uh, they're doing a lot of work for their pseudoscience. So uh, it, it was my talk went OK. I, I, I could uh, I could have made my point a little bit stronger, I think. Um, so with a few more examples. So, but well, even you have admitted you're not used to talking in public. No, I'm not. You know what? I'm, I'm good behind my microphone, and you know it's it's nice the way that we do stuff because um, we can. You know, we we put articles and stuff, or we we're researching something, and we can talk about what we've researched, and you know, we can kind of control the pace here, and and then when we're done talking and we're done with our little bit, we go on to something else. You know, you don't have to worry about filling time. You know, and in fact, here, you know, we we I, I worry about trying to keep it, you know, down to an hour. You know, because we because we right. tend to go over, we get talking. So, yeah. Okay, so, so I we do, enjoy ourselves talking. Absolutely, but yeah, definitely. I, I need to get. Uh, um, that's one of the reasons I like doing it is because I I do need more um, more public speaking um, experience, and so I can get it there. And it's a and it's a safe place. People were interested in what I had to say, um, even though my presentation might not have been the best. It went over well. So, all right. So let's move on here. Let's go ahead and talk about teacher. Suspended after telling a Muslim student, I bet you're grieving. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is disgusting. Ian, go, yeah, go ahead and tell us about this. This is one things that really shows someone who needs to get with it. Um, a Texas teacher basically, um, well, allegedly told ninth grade Muslim girl in his algebra class, I bet you are grieving on the Monday following the death of Osama bin Laden. And apparently he also at one point said, I heard about your uncle's death. And needless to say, not th this girl wasn't the only one upset about this. Th apparently there were um, other complaints about this teacher because everyone's like, hey, wait a moment. You know, that's crossing the line here. And it's definitely one of those things like, no, a as a teacher, you do not. You know, th th there are things that y you can joke around with kids, but something at that level, no. Th th that's definitely crossing the line. That'd be like walking up to you and saying, after World War II when Hitler died, I'd say to a Catholic, hey, I heard your buddy Hitler's dead. You must be really upset over that right. since you're both Catholics. You know, you, we, like, can we can relate this back to our bullying things. Right. Yep. Um, because yep. the kids in the class all stood up. Well, not all, but I mean, a, a good portion of them. None of them thought that these comments were appropriate and they made and they did what they needed to do. You know, they went and told adults and everything that this had happened. And they were in it, you know, and the story was well backed up and well verified in this case. And, you know, this this is one bigot. Who has an issue with Muslims? And you know what? This always kills me because there is just because people are Muslims, that does not make them jihadists. Right. You know, it, just like in fact, right? Exactly. So <laughs> most group. most Muslims are peace loving and decent people, and 
you cannot equate the actions of a few with the mini with the whole right yeah, yeah so. and this whole this thing the teacher said is just execrable right but so now they had a there's a mosque that they talked to they talked to a and i don't know what they call are they what are they they're not priests i i don't know what they're but, they're, but their equivalent is a, a priest or somebody from that church said um you know they agreed with the action that the school had taken to suspend this gentleman and that they believe that this was just one person that they didn't, you know, that I mean, they, they came out and said, listen, we don't think that this is the whole school or the school district. We know that this is one person. So it was um, the, the community didn't overreact. Um, the teacher was suspended. And, who you know, I don't know what exactly is going to happen with that. But it, I think it was I think it was taken care of appropriately. And I'm glad that this that the students backed her up that they didn't that you know that they weren't as prejudiced as this teacher. So And this is an example of where your religious life shouldn't be crossing over into other aspects. You know, the teachers have no business taking their religious life into school with them and pushing it in any way. Well Chepard Yeah. We can't say we can't <clears throat> we can't mandate prayer in school, right? If somebody wants to pray, that's fine, they can. But we can't mandate it. Right. And and this teacher should he should have never said anything like this. It was ridiculous. No. And then he, he made he it worse. Him. He made it worse by um, the girl was crying, and one of the students told her told the teacher that she was crying over what the teacher had said earlier. And he said, "Oh, okay." And he smirked and giggled and walked away. Right. I'm like, okay, that's just this is somebody. I I don't know if this person is just twisted in some way, or maybe they've lost somebody. You know, if if they've lost somebody, I feel sorry for them, but you don't take it out on somebody who's completely innocent in this. You know, we can't stop people from being bigots, but there's a time and place, and you definitely don't express yourself in that kind of a situation. You know, the, the guy obviously has poor judgment skills. Very, very poor. And the worst part about it is that after the rapture happens, he's going to be stuck with the atheists. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you've got to wonder how long this guy's been sitting on this and just staring at this girl and waiting for something like this to happen. No, I, I, I you know what? Well, I hate to, I hate to think that this was premeditated. I mean, that would be that that, that would, would make this far sicker, worse. But yeah, it seems, even, yeah. it seems like he's probably had it in for this girl for a while. I, you know, I, I don't have any clear evidence of that, but doesn't it kind of seem no. like he had to? No, it doesn't. You know what? Her? Nothing from this, nothing from this article, and nothing that's been said would indicate that at all. There has been no prior actions, and for us and to even, wonder, it, uh, well, even insinuate that there has, could be is wrong. You do wonder if he hasn't said stuff no, that was. Listen, listen. That there's no room to wonder here. We have to. Right. You, you, you can extrapolate, you, but that, but things just get ugly. We don't have I, any I, reason to believe that he's ever I, said anything else. I and do. I, we aren't given anything. Yeah, don't go there. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 okay. Osama bin Laden disproves Darwin? What the heck? Okay, this one gets a bit confusing. Yes, it does. But the idea is that after Osama bin Laden was killed, they used the DNA of his sister in order to verify the body was his. And the reason for this is because of junk DNA. And basically what is it? It's aspects of our DNA that don't seem to do anything, but well, basically the siblings will have the same junk DNA. Right. And so you can compare that level of DNA between siblings and say, okay, these people are siblings. Now, according to this one group, um, at the Discovery Institute, they are criticizing it. Yeah. 
they're, they're criticizing this, and somehow they want it both ways. If you read the article uh, written by... We actually keep forgetting to do this. We need to do this more often. This article is at the E. Um, what is that? Pharyngula? Pharyngula. Pharyngula. Yes. And it's this is PZ, this, Yeah, PZ Myers. Didn't we have... Uh, yeah, everybody should read PZ Myers. Everybody. So Okay, so the claim is the, the um, from the Discovery Institute um, the, that... Uh, la, la, a comparison of essentially DNA... Um, Basically... Is a myth. Let's let the biologists we'll, have a crack we'll at this. Let, <laughs> let the biologists do it. Yes, we'll have Apparently, the better of all this. Apparently, their claim is that uh, that junk DNA has been singled up by Darwin's defenders as being a mythological evolutionary icon, which I had never heard before. Me neither. And no. uh, so that the fact that and somehow the fact that we used junk DNA to uh, prove this relationship between siblings was somehow going to disprove anything. I don't understand. Yeah, really. because it, this is it, a common method of of of, of doing matches um, for of DNA matches. This this is how it's done. It's how it's. I, I mean, and we we actually saw um, uh, Rich Orman you know, went went through the process with us of what they're looking for when they went when they look for DNA, and they look for markers. And they have they have a numbering system for these markers, and so they can match these things. And so the, the a sibling is going to have uh, it's not going to be a hundred percent match, but they can be reasonably sure that that they you know that they got the brother of this person. I, I don't understand. You know, the Discovery Institute has shown on multiple occasions that they don't understand the science, or right. or or now, I, I in this one they contradict themselves, right? Because at the, near the end he says. Um, explain this to me. Darren, in their confused minds, claims that there ought to be a lot of junk having no purpose other than to identify dead bodies. Junk DNA is used to identify a specific dead body, Bin Laden's. Therefore, Darren, Darwin is wrong. Darwin Darwin did not... That, that's what this yeah. But Darwin did he not discover like, DNA. This this is the whole problem with this. DNA. He didn't know but anything did about say, DNA. Right. Darwin, Darwin, Darwin discovered natural selection and sexual selection. That's where it ends. Those are his. Those are the mechanisms that he gave us to help us understand evolution. He not and DNA. He didn't discover them. He postulated them based upon what he was seeing. Right. Okay. He documented them. Yeah. But you see, this group, the Discovery Institute, is using the idea, saying that according to um, Darwin's ideas, there should be this junk out there. That um, they're claiming shows that evolution is not true because that junk's not out there. Then they're saying because they were able to find junk DNA that could identify Bin Laden's body, Doran's wrong. And it's like, wait a moment. It sounds Aren't like they just wanted to. It sounds like they just threw a bunch of things that were out there that people would be interested in, like Bin Laden's dead dead body and the identification thereof, and they threw it out there to obfuscate, obfuscate and prove a point. But right. and the thing is, and they're, they're, they're counting on people. They're counting on people not being, not questioning enough to say, okay, well, that that point you're making doesn't make any sense. Okay, but they're counting on people not questioning. But Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. We can't, we can't talk about Darwin's discoveries in DNA in the same sentence. Is that? I mean, right. is is there is there any reason to to think that that's not a true statement? That is true. But these, you know, to them, any. There's a quote that nothing in biology makes sense except in light of evolution. Is, and so to get detractors of evolution, anything that has to do with evolution in any sort of way is Darwinism. 
Okay. So they're just using this broad term, not to say that you know, Mr. Darwin specifically uh, had anything to do with these theories, but they're all tied together. Right, but it's an ad hominem attack, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I, I, I don't it's, think it's so much an ad hominem as it is a red herring. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, sure. it's a. Go ahead. It's it's gibberish. It's just gobbledygook. Yeah. So, all right. So. I mean, when they start off with uh, thinking that Mr. Uh, uh, Obama might have delayed the attacking of Osama bin Laden so that the book Myth of Junk DNA could come out, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. That 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 is pretty funny. All right. So a bill in the Tennessee. Uh, legislature will allow teachers to challenge evolution. Did you guys take a look at this? Yeah, this Did. is from Science Insider. Right, so that by Sarah Reardon. Right, and I was surprised. So this 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 bill, um, HB three sixty eight, passed by a, a large majority, seventy to twenty eight, in the uh, in the uh, house. What in in their uh, in their house. So this bill, you know, uh, it, this is one of these things that on the surface, it doesn't sound too bad. Basically allowing teachers to talk about evolution and talk about any controversies that might be might be there with evolution. Okay, sounds, sounds, sounds okay on that level, right? Until you start uh, recognizing that this will allow teachers to discuss intelligent design and creationism in the classroom, in a science classroom, without potential repercussions. Um, so if they choose, they, they, could, they could bring in intelligent design and present it as science to these students. Uh, so, so it's, kind of, a, um, it's a kind of a softening technique. They, they've tried putting intelligent design directly into the schools, and in Dover that, that, that was uh, pretty well fell flat. Now, when I initially read this, I thought, well, this is, I, I, is it constitutional? And I, I think it is because – I guess, in a way, I mean, there there is no scientific controversy here about evolution, but there are controversies inside of evolution. Like, if you look at a look at a particular trait, you can say, that was that was that uh, uh, what what was the um, the pressures for that? Was it sexual selection or natural selection or some other other sort of um, mechanism that created something? So, but you could already do that. This is specifically. Uh, to get creationism and stuff like that. I mean, that's the agenda of this bill, in my opinion. But I don't think that it can be fought on on a constitutional basis because I don't think the bill specifically refers to intelligent design or creationism. Well, and that also says it says it doesn't, and it says they also says it will not be construed to promote any religious or non-religious doctrine. So right, officially, but in, they're not promoting doctrine one way or the other. And so as long as the teachers don't try and push the religious aspects of creationism, which I don't know how you can present it without making it religious, they uh, play yeah. with Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so they, I mean, they they really want people to say, hey, the other option here is uh, is that uh, that God did it. But the, the best example they give in here is to really probably the mo- most accurate thing they're trying to do is that um, Alan Lesnar of the AAAS says, um, asserting that there are significant scientific controversies about the overall nature of these concepts when there are none will only confuse students, not enlighten them. And I think that's probably their real goal. If you can keep them confused about the facts, you're more likely to be able to convert them to your way of thinking. They won't be happy until you teach creationism in the science classroom and don't talk about evolution. I mean, that... that... Well, but if they can keep these students confused about evolution, as confused as possible, if you look at their arguments, 
they're confused about evolution, and what they present confuses even more. And so by being able to present creationism, which is simpler, much simpler, um, against the thing that they've just, they're trying to make as confusing as possible, you know, they're, they're hoping they'll win out that way. You know, these whole, every single one of these bills and stuff proves just how intellectually dishonest these people are. Because if, the, if, if they were right... And an intelligent design really was a valid mechanism for how we got onto this planet. They need to take it to the universities, and that's where it needs to be. And that's where this stuff should—the precedent for this stuff—should be set. It does not belong in an elementary or a junior high, or you know, or, or in any sort of primary school, you know, K through 12. It does not belong there. This has to be the if if they really thought it, they'd be going to universities and trying to get them to teach creationism. But because that those targets would actually require them to, you know, prove what what they're what they're putting forth, they don't, and so they try and use a back door to get this into K twelve education where it does not belong. This argument does not belong here. It's the wrong place to have it. I think the comments about trying to confuse the children so that they look for something simple are probably pretty much right. Well, yeah. uh, they're basically trying to. Uh, excuse me? What was that? <laughs> Who is that? That's me. Don't try to stop <laughs> What's with, What has a preposition to applicate? You know what? We are professionals all the way, aren't we? This is a professional podcast. I'll tell you what. You You're getting paid? paid? <laughs> well, not me. Uh, I, mean, I opened up a couple articles <laughs> into the future and had a video that started with an ad. Uh, all right. I don't know. Okay. I don't have much more to say about this, other than I hope it gets challenged in the court and gets pitched. But according to this article, there's an, there is another bill like this in Louisiana, and so, so they've got them ready to roll out state by state, essentially. Well, yeah, except for I don't think it'll pass our legislature. It probably won't pass. It might. It'll probably pass in Texas. You know, they they they're they're hot to do this kind of stuff. And so, yep. but they they they're choosing. I didn't. I think. Well, Tennessee, I guess maybe that. Uh, they're choosing targets that they think are soft, and they'll start there and try to work their way out. I hope so they can try to so they can try to basically put the weight of tradition against it when they go for the hard targets. Well, it'd be nice if they'd actually prove there's a controversy. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, they Which, don't need to prove anything though. They, they've learned that. They keep learning that. All right. So, uh, yeah. now, so Brian's second grader, what's that? Um, what's that? For Brian's big hot topic. Call me up at the. No, yeah. oh, is that where, are we on a homeopathy already? Nice. Yep. The yep. one in the list. So this is another one that scared the hell out of me. In Kenya, sick. it is sick. It is but, extremely sick, and it's greedy. Well, but well, let's be good. This is from The Independent, and yeah. it is an article by Melanie Newman and Alex Chipkot. Chipkot? I can't, not quite sure how to pronounce that. Chipkot. But so, the title is An Alternative for Kenya's HIV Patients Are a Health Scandal. Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> there is a um, – in Kenya, there's a there's an organization called ALF, A-L-F. Hey, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good name, good name. Um, what is this? Abha Light Foundation? Abra? Abra? Abha. Anyway, they they're um and they get they get money and I guess one of the places one of the one of the reasons this was a big issue is that they get money from the uh, um the global fund which is um you know Bill Gates's foundation 
And uh, so what they're doing is they are prescribing homeopathy in the place of antiviral retro or the antiviral retro what are they for antiretroviral therapy thank you basically the cocktail that uh, that keeps the aids virus from becoming full blown aids right that keeps it at bay so they're telling people that <clears throat> if they get them onto homeopathic therapies and and a healthy diet that they can get off of uh, the the their traditional aids medications and so one of the issues here is that um uh they they is where where are they getting their funding for this? Um, They're taking funding from organizations that are also funding real treatments. Right. So they're essentially taking funding that could go to actual medicine. Right. And so they're doing so they're kind of doing it in a roundabout way where they so the global fund may give them money and and they may not know that part of what this company is doing is providing homeopathy, which. I, I imagine after you know hearing about Bill Gates and how he feels about um, vaccinations that he would probably not be an advocate for homeopathy. And so I'm sure that I'm sure that if he knew that that you know that his money was being spent for something like this, he might do something. And maybe now that this has come to light, he is um, because the Global Fund does not specifically go out to fund homeopathy. They contacted several of the other ones, and they didn't get a lot of responses. And they got one that was like, "Well, we probably need to check into it." But um, for the most part, it, it looks like. This is kind of going unchecked um, that because people don't always check where their funding is. So you've got this organization that gives out this money. How how accountable are they being for it? Um, Well, they've got they've got people on the ground. The organization doesn't have people on the ground They're They're giving money to what they're seeing as people on the ground in Kenya passing out treatments who have applied for funds. But the problem is that those those treatments they're passing out. Are homeopathic treatments right? And but I know the one thing I don't know from this article is if Alf only does homeopathic treatments. It would it would seem to me that if they went and asked one of these companies for money for a homeopathy, that they would probably be rejected. So yeah, no, at yeah. no point does it say they only do homeopathic. Um, right? No, but they do, do tend to. They say that their medicines will work with the ART therapy, but the ART fer- therapy interferes with their medicines. Right. So they're they're basically making the claim that the the ALF homeopathic therapy is more effective than the ART therapy, and that you shouldn't be taking the ART therapy. And once again, they have no evidence to back it up. And they have one yeah. claim that someone who took the homeopathic treatments um, within 10 days, the symptoms receded. But how did they measure that? Did he just start feeling better? Yeah. Well, and it's, a, it's an anecdote. We don't yeah. know what else is going on. It's not it's not in, in a controlled environment. So it's it's just sick. I mean, that, well, you could also say that a person who's dead, his symptoms has, have receded. I'm not saying that it's what happened, but one could say that no, his symptoms, symptoms no longer exist. Yeah. Death, yeah, the symptoms are gone. You can say they're receded. Anyway, so we can beat this dead horse for a while, or we can move on to second grade boy pepper sprayed by Colorado police in class. Okay, this was a story that I was debating whether or not to include because um, it's a story that I've been following primarily because my boys go to this exact same school, and I have an 8-year-old son at this school in second grade. Mm-hmm. So it was a story I definitely was well aware of. Okay. Um, Does your son been... know this kid? No. Uh, this Actually, the kid himself is a troubled kid, and they knew it 
and he was not actually put in with the main classes because of his um, anger issues. Okay. Um, I I will be good because this article there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense to me that is all speculation about the family life, mother stuff like that. Why she, why it took her about two months to suddenly go to national news stuff like that. We're going to avoid all that and focus on some of the more, more main issues of it. And the, I'll get into a few things, but let's go over the basics. Um, Adrian Elliott is an eight-year-old kid who um is um has anger management issues and um is in spe- uh, special classes for that. On February 28th, on his way to school on the bus, he became enraged because he was told he couldn't do something that he wanted to do. He got to class, and it was apparently the same type of thing. He was already upset, but he was once more told he couldn't do something he wanted to do and became even more upset. And he was spitting, throwing chairs, um, threatening to kill the teachers. He ripped off wood from the walls and was saying he was, and held it like a knife and was threatening to stab him. So the teachers did apparently what they are have been told to do in this case. And this isn't the first time they've had to do this with this boy. This is actually the third time they had to do this. But what they do is they go to the closet, lock themselves in, call the police. And I, I you know, some people may say the teachers should have more ability to do something. I actually disagree. I think the teachers did the right no, thing. No, I think that I think the teachers did exactly the right thing. And it, 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 they, they, there's a little bit of discipline they can do. If the kid's misbehaving, go sit in the corner. If the kid's throwing stuff and threatening to kill them, then yeah, they back off and you know let the authorities handle it because because you know, that's what the authorities are there for right. is to handle it. And so, they are there. The authorities are going to have a better chance of taking the kid out uninjured than the teachers are right. to try to take him down. Well, and that's what right. they did. I mean, right. ultimately... So, right. Oh, let's get to that. The police show up. They, The kid's sitting there with this wood, holding it like a knife. They tell him, okay, wait, calm down, drop the wood. He says, I'm going to fucking kill you. To the police officer. Uh, I think he said, I'm going to kill you motherfuckers. Yeah. According to the there, article, yeah. Cussing, cussing the police out, saying he's going to kill them. Their response is to pull out the pepper spray, spray him twice, and deal with it. Yeah, and then they cuffed him. Yes. Right. So a few minutes later, the um, boy's mother shows up, and he's there crying that it burns, and she's upset because um, she thinks they should have just talked him down, which is what happened the last couple times. Like I said, this was the third time the police were called in on him. The first two times, I guess, they got there, they talked him down. I, I don't think what I read in the various articles. I, I, we just have one listed here, but I've read about six or seven of them now. And from what I've seen, in the other ones, he didn't threaten to kill them. He was angry. They came in. They talked him down. He's escalating. This, yeah. He, yeah. So it's getting worse and worse. So this time, a quick spray. Is it? Is he maybe escalating because he hasn't been given limits before? Well, once again, we're not Possibly, in a position to speculate. There's a lot of speculation that can be made on this, a lot, and let's try and avoid that. Anyways, the debates I've seen on this, the mother is talking about how you know the, they sort of found a different way. I, I kept seeing stuff, people going, you know, how violent that is. Why did they react so violent? And I kept looking at it like, pepper sprays is not violent. What would have been violent were for the police officers to come in, um, grab him, hold him down, for, you know, and, and basically fight him while he's struggling. That would have been violent to me. Pepper spray is not violent. Pepper spray, they hit him twice in the face with pepper spray. He dropped the wood, and they were able to subdue him. No one got hurt. Um, the, the, the boy didn't do anything he would regret 
you know, if if he if he would have stabbed the cop, legitimately the cops the cops would have had to file um assault charges on him. If yeah. you know, if, if they if they would have let this escalate anymore, you know, th- there's no telling what could have happened. What they did to me seemed very rational and very um logical. So then, obviously, I've had talks about this with several people now. Most of the parents I know that have kids in that school, in fact, all the parents I know that have kids in that school had no problem with it. Finally, I talked to, she's not related to us directly, but she is the mother of my wife's niece. Um, there was no marriage or anything. But we were talking about this. And when I mentioned, well, it's not violent and everything was solved. Her reply was, it seemed like an adult solution. And right there, I finally figured out what the real problem is. It does. You look at it, pepper spray is something you're supposed to do to adults. Yeah. And I think as a society, we have that in our heads, that it's an adult thing to do. You do it to adults. So the fact that an eight-year-old kid got hit with it changes the perception of it. And they're like, no, no, no. You know, why, could you, why would you do it to a kid? You know, uh, I guess well, the, the question... Go ahead, Brian. I was going to say, the question you got to ask is simply, was, is there an... if. I mean, they, they've already talked the kid down several times, right? And they and they did come in and tell him, hey, listen, you need to put that down and cooperate, which he didn't do. At that point, do the is it, is it the officer's job to continue to talk to the boy while he's being threatening? They have, I mean, at that point, they they've they've been called in to respond to the situation. They have to do something, so they have a couple of choices. I mean, they could they could tase him, they can pepper spray him, they could. Beat him um, down with nightsticks. They could beat him down with nightsticks. That you know, they could go. They could try and get as close as they can, and and try to and in and, and all of, and most of those seem way more violent to me than pepper spray. I understand where you're coming from. That is kind of an adult thing, but it, it is an eight year old child, and I mean, an eight year old child who's upset and swinging a stick can hurt somebody. Yes, and the pepper spray was probably the most most peaceful and the most reasonable solution in order to take him down at the state that he was in at that point. Okay, but the que- the next question is if that was your child, how would you feel about the about the cops coming in and spraying your child with mace? If my kid was acting like that and he got sprayed in the face, I'd probably say, "Okay, well, did you learn your lesson? Are we going to do that again?" Well, but it's easy to say when you're not in the situation. I, I agree. And and I I, and I, 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 I I you know, but that's what I hope I'd say. But also the kid if you read, look through all the articles, I'm not sure if he says it in this one, um, but in some of the articles, it quotes him as saying he fears he probably did deserve it. And it's interesting because some of his quotes says he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't feel like upset for having done what he did. Yeah, he, he did. Uh, I, I kind of blow up a little. Well, and you for, know, you know, yeah. I mean, he, his, like, he's, in the in the article, he's talking about the fact that, well, yeah, I kind of lost control and they, they did what they, they did what they needed to. He's sitting there talking about it, but some of them even say, "Is when asked, you know, did you feel you could you should have killed him or something like that?" He kind of blows off like, "Well, I kind of do," and it's like, "What?" So I I think there is some other stuff to this kid. You know, he he definitely has a lot of issues to work out, and you know, I'd rather his mother focus more on trying to help him there than trying to go after the the cops for what they did. But well, um, I mean, if if you think that somebody has done something wrong to your child, it's almost your duty to pursue it. Yeah, um, be, because but, that is because if if you're right and they're wrong, you know that you need to set a precedent. But if but and but if they're right and you're wrong, it'll set a precedent too. So I, I I'm kind of I, I'd like to see that this you know go to court and and have a precedent set. Can you use mace on a child? Um, now here's my question: 
Is it better to pepper spray him today and stop him? Hopefully, I mean, that's the other hopefully. Thing. Well, let me finish. That, this that's one thing you hope came out of this is that he learned the lesson. He got in his head. Hey, wait a minute! I went too far. That was um, the result of it. If I go too far, I'm going to have to experience that again. Hopefully, that triggered something in his head where in the future, if he starts getting that way, he's going to say, "Hey, wait a minute! I don't want to be pepper sprayed again. Maybe I should calm down now and not, you know." go to the extreme that I did last time. You know, that's what you hope happens. And you hope that is what happens. But is it better to pepper spray him today or wait until he actually hurts somebody or right. kills somebody and has to be charged as an adult, at a, as, you know, a 9- or a 10-year-old child charged as an adult? He's a big kid. Like, so I have a son who's 8. If you look at this kid, he's about twice my son's size. I'm yeah, glad he's, he wasn't, he's got some bulk he, on him. I'm glad he wasn't in the mainstream classes because if, if a kid like that were to lose it with, you know, 20 other kids around him the size of my son, he could really hurt these other kids. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so, I don't know, it's, it, it's an ongoing situation. We'll have to see where it goes. Yeah. Okay, Brian, All right. to... Yes, yeah, so I, I put this under the title, What's the Harm? So a, a palmist tells me you must let go of $27,000. So this woman... Goes and gets a um, a palm reading from Sylvia Mitchell. Okay. Sylvia Mitchell reads her palm, tells her that um, there's a very important piece of information that she needs to give her, and and that for a thousand dollars she you know she'll she'll give her this piece of information. This is after reading her palm. So she paid seventy for the initial reading, then she pays another thousand for the next reading. So she so she's given this woman all her money. And uh, for the reading, and basically tells her that she has a, um, a a hang up on money, and that what she needs to do is give her give uh, give this lady twenty seven thousand dollars that she'll hold on to, and the woman can get it back. You know, and, and when she you know basically when she needs it, she can come and ask for it back. The woman goes, asks for it back, and she says it's not available. She says I'm going to go to the police. So she gives her back part of the money. And she was making payments, and now she's just completely disappeared. So the psychic has completely um, disappeared, and they're looking for her uh, to take her to court. So right at this point, I guess the woman is still out like $17,000. Wow. Yeah. So it, this this comes back to this kind of magical thinking. And one of the things that I disagreed with the article is they said, you know, who would fall for this stuff? Well, we know – that but because we look into this stuff all the time that people fall for this stuff all the time and that this is not necessarily an uncommon situation um i i was thinking about this and i was comparing it to uh faith healers peter popoff benny hinn um and, and and these kinds of guys who do the same kind of thing you know they they they, they have the you know, they come in they do their their stage show and their song and dance and they get as much money as you out of you as they can and they take off only when these people go to ask for their money back, they don't get squat. So, but it's the same kind of thought process. You know, these people think that they're going to get something, and that these people want to help them, and they give them this money, and they just keep sucking them dry. I mean, once once they they lay claws onto somebody who has some money, man, they they try and get everything they possibly can out of them. Um, this situation is no different. She, you know, and clearly the um, she, she figured that she could get this money from the woman, and she did. So, I, well, she had a she obviously had a really good line of of gobbledygook to go along with it. Yeah. So she was clearly pretty convincing, right? So, 
But who else, who else has she done it to? I wonder how much money she's actually got. I mean, if she's good enough to do it to this one woman, she's probably good enough to do it to a multiple uh, number of people. So well, she's talking about the other one who um, had her wrap $900 cash, put it in a jar, add water and a little spit and sleep with it, and yeah. then bring the jar to her where, big surprise, the money vanished. As I said, a good line of a good line of bullshit. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's the, this is the typical kind of con. They they bring you in with a hook. Once they've got you hooked, you know they get as much out of you as they can. Yeah, and definitely, you know, utilizing well, you know, you have this issue with money. You know, you're too dependent on it. You have to learn to let go of it. I can help you with that. Like, so I'll definitely help you let go of your money. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, we'll just hang on to that for you. And you even said that they looked for the woman was going through a breakup and job change and all this other stuff and was very susceptible to, you know, easy answers. And that's what they look for. Yeah. All right. They look for vulnerabilities. Yeah, they sure do. Okay. And speaking of. What's that? What was that? So, you know who wouldn't fall for that kind of con? Who wouldn't? Superman. Superman wouldn't. Well, because right. he doesn't have any vulnerabilities. Well, and he's not a citizen in the United States any longer. He's a citizen is of true. the world. Uh, basically, in Action Comics number 900, after, a, after sitting in, in a peaceful protest where in Iran, where it's assumed that because he's in Iran that the United States government has declared war on Iran, he renounces his U.S. citizenship, so he will be seen as as no longer being an instrument of U.S. policy. You know what? Superman has just never been the same since he died. <laughs> well, um, a couple years ago when they did Superman Return, there was criticism because in the movie, uh, there was a line, I forget who said it, but someone said the line, you know, Superman, he represents truth, justice, and that all that other stuff. And they left out the American That's Wars. a very good point, Ian. I hadn't even thought well, of that. I'd seen, I'd seen a lot of criticism over that, actually, at the time. It, it had gotten a lot of people saying, you know, oh, my God, they're turning them into, you know, a, a worldwide thing instead of just American. Um, and actually, I saw the same criticism about the G.I. Joe movie that um, came out a couple years ago. Because G.I. in that movie, G.I. Joe wasn't a real American hero. It was a global group of heroes. Yeah. So, we, you know, it, it, there's been criticism of stuff like this before now. Are we reading too much into this? It's a freaking comic book. I know. Well, that's no. Yeah, that's but a, it's we're not reading too much into it, Brian, because even though it's a comic book, it's a reflection of it's a reflection of society. It's a reflection of our society. Superman was created in the 1930s by Siegel and Schuster, and he was basically created because Siegel and Schuster were proud to be American citizens, and they created the ultimate immigrant story, the ultimate immigrant story of the man, the immigrant who makes good. He becomes, he's raised as American, he becomes the greatest hero of the world, but he's an American. You know, we got to remember that, I mean, this, for the most part, what the U.S. does, they do a lot of good things around the world. Yeah. Yeah. They have, we have a couple of actions that I don't agree with and that other people don't agree with. And some people do agree with certain things that we're doing. I mean, there's, it's a mixed bag. Everything's a mixed bag. Every, everywhere you and go in the world. Two years ago, in a similar protest, um, Marvel Comics killed off Captain America. And it was definitely a protest of um, issues with they, they had with the country at the time. It was actually, yeah. you know. It was uh, uh, the end of the Bush administration, in fact. Yeah, all right. But, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, when exactly did it become dirty to be an American? 
when did it when did it become when did it become shameful to be proud of being an American citizen? I, I don't think it has. I think a lot of the conservative groups would like you to think it has because of stuff like. That. I think in this uh, instance, it's just just try and explore you know the storyline. What no, is it? But I'll, Superman's always been a global superhero. You know, he go halfway across the globe and just rescue people from volcanoes. Yeah. But what what would that mean politically? I guess they're trying to explore that. I've seen that done yeah. like Supreme Power with a Superman knockoff. And Superman's but, definitely one that um, works better as being a global figure than just an American figure. Well, and here's here's the next question that I have: Is will this sell comic books? Yes. <laughs> well, okay. See, there you go. That that's good enough reason to do anything is because it's going to increase sales because it because it might be mildly yeah. controversial enough to increase sales. When you have a possible president, uh, presidential candidate commenting about it politically, you know, it's going to draw people's nose, and anything draws people's nose draws sales. Yeah. yeah, well, Huckabee has a little bit of ways to go before. He hasn't thrown in, you know, yet, so he's still yeah, just he an exploratory. You know, what? I said potential. potential. I know you did, I know. And that's not unusual. And that's, I, I love it when groups criticize one group for using something like comics or movies to make a political statement when they themselves will do the exact same thing if they have access to it. Sure, of course. So all writers, all creative people will put political statements in their work. There's no doubt about that. I do it. Every artist, every writer, everyone does it because that's who we are. Because so criticize... because what you're writing is a reflection of what you are, and right. it's going to be a reflection of what you're feeling and what you're thinking. Right, and so you definitely shouldn't criticize political statements for being there because they're going to be there. You it's know? no different than sticking in product placement into movies. A little different, but yeah. It's it's the same kinds of things. You know, uh, it's not it's a uh, it's not in the podcast. I didn't know you were going to mention this, but there is a movie that just came out called Palm Wonderful Presents the Greatest Movie Ever Sold by Morgan Spurlock, and he basically did a documentary oh, yeah. to find out how much product placement he could how much he could get I, a movie financed I by product placement. That. Right. So a movie about product placement. But, yes. <laughs> exactly. but now, back to your question. I don't think it's dirty to be American. I don't think it's shameful or anything. I don't think any of them believe that. But with the way the world is right now, with the Internet, stuff like that, we are so much more a global community than we've ever been before. And to believe that we need to limit ourselves to this American pride that in some ways hinders us is getting sillier and sillier. We need to be more aware of a global community. We need to be more active in it. We need to be more of a part of it. And not in the way of, hey, let's go over to another country and blow them up. In a you way know, of, actually, you know, be, I, be I, part of the... You know. I understand what you're saying, but I don't feel that there's anything wrong in American pride. I don't feel that American pride hinders you. And honestly, I, well, I think that if American pride were a problem, every other arrogance, country wouldn't be trying to immigrate to us. Right. It's the arrogance of some of this American pride. I didn't say American pride in itself is, but it can be. And there's an arrogance that a lot of people put within the American pride that does hinder us. Okay, so here, well, here, here's an interesting point. We just recently, the United States, sent in a SEAL team and, and killed Osama bin Laden. Did we right. do that? No, that was that was a group of highly trained soldiers that went and did that. I had nothing to do with it other than the fact that I happened to live in the United States of America. So 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 yes, the US had an action that that caused the death of this terrorist. Um 
Uh, you but, did have something to do with it, Brian. I paid my taxes. You paid part of it. Okay, but but realistically, you probably bought a bullet. how much pride can I really take in that? I had nothing to do with it. The people who should be proud of it, the SEAL team that went in there, um, the people that should be proud of, the people who did the who did the research to identify where he was, the people who should be proud are you know the people who structured um, what the what this uh, what the attack was going to look like. Those are the people that that made the success. And while I'm proud of, you know, I have a level of American pride, I also believe that we are doing things wrong. I, I do criticize us. We have our flaws. We're not perfect. Um, there are things we need to improve upon. Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of um, people go and would right there say, I'm not being very American because I'm saying we're not perfect. There, there's a level, that's the arrogance I'm talking about that hinders us where you have, we are the per- best country ever. We are so perfect. You know, why we have nothing to learn from other countries, and yet we have lots to learn from other countries. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're not so. Perfect. You know, and, and that's that's where I'm, I'm looking at the the global community is we work together, we learn from each other, we share ideas, we share you know cultures, we work together and make every thing that, as best as possible. We don't believe we have all the answers. And to me, that's what this is saying. Superman's renouncing his American citizenship, saying, "Hey, listen, there's more out there. We need to be more part of it at all." We can't be so arrogant that we believe everything revolves around us. Yeah. So, all right. So let's. Uh, we got two more stories to do here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I'm going to do this real quick. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because people need to watch the video. Uh, UFO sighting, Gold, uh, Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia. I, I, Superman I, was in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I found this. I, I was looking at. Uh, I was. I was making a list of paranormal sites in Colorado, and I got onto this other site, this paranormal or this UFO files site that led me this article. And so I watched this video, and I listened to these teenage boys on a boat, and I, yeah. Well, okay. Yes, there, there, there it did seem like there had been some drinking going on. Oh, well, it says it. Yeah. So I, I looked at this and I'm thinking to me, I looked at the date that it was that it was posted and, and just prior to that, how full the moon would be. To me, it looked like the moon. Um, of course, to me, it looked like something badly out of focus. Well, it was badly yeah. out of focus, but they Every say time that it zoomed it, in. It was like, right. Yeah. They, yeah. It was overexposed. But they but it, it seemed to me it that it didn't look like a craft of any kind at all. No, not at all. It, to me, it looked like it was it, it could have been it, I, the moon certainly needs to be looked at as a possibility because you could you could see I, to me, it looked like it was above the clouds. They kept saying it's below the cloud cover. But you could see as the clouds kind of came in and went and went away that so did the moon seem to and but the, it's so fuzzy that it is hard to tell um you know where where exactly the clouds are but clearly i mean that there, there's some storms and stuff going on it, to, I, I didn't see anything spectacular based on their video now of course i wasn't there but their video is really unimpressive it's nice and shiny yeah, yeah it's a bad video yeah but this could have been the moon the moon wouldn't have been completely full it kind I mean, of would you have... can't tell what it is there's no details at yeah. all it's a big white spot with shadows on it clearly a ufo yeah technically it is a ufo because they weren't able to identify it well exactly yeah. but but once more as with all the videos we've reviewed like this uh, it, you can't tell a thing. You can't tell any details. And all the other UFO ones, we have the Bigfoot one, the ghost ones. You look at any of these videos, you can't tell a thing. It, it's such poor quality. It's like, how does that prove anything? Give me a good quality one. You know, if, if this stuff is real, you should be able to get a good quality picture of it somehow. I agree. But all, all the people that get the pictures are crappy at videotaping. Yeah. That's because you're using your cell phones now. But it's even cell phones can take better film than that. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's it had a zoom on it. Whose phone has a zoom on it? it well, I, I was just part of a film contest here. Right. And what, the film that won did all the film on an iPhone. They filmed the whole thing using just an iPhone. Well, and that's a crap. And it camera. was good quality film. Huh. Okay. Was that iPhone 4? Because that's a lot better camera than yes. this. Yeah, okay. Awesome. Yeah, it was. Awesome. All right. So, so that was just an iPhone. And, you know, they were able to get nice, crisp, clear pictures the whole time and make an actual film they entered into a contest off of it. And here we are, you know, dozens of these others from these people who, you know, have decent camera equipment, you'd figure, can't get a clear picture at all. Okay. All right. So good. So everybody's got a camera. Learn to use it so that when there is an actual extraterrestrial out there, we can get some decent pictures. Because yeah, honestly, we'd love to see real proof. But when we see a fuzzy picture that is nothing and they're kind of, look, that's proof of a UFO. It's like, well, it's an unidentified flying object, but uh, extraterrestrial wise, probably not. All right. So the creepy scientific explanations behind ghost sightings. And let me remind you that this is at cracked.com. So but, Yeah, but it's at, actually a pretty interesting article. Okay, I haven't read if, this. You guys put it if up. If you look uh, at cracked.com, they have been getting great about using real facts, talking about real facts, but putting in asinine comments like we do here on our podcast. Really, we are almost crack.com podcast. If you read through this article, it's looking at science, it's looking at real things that I've done, and then it's adding smart-ass comments to it. And we are definitely that level. So okay. that's one thing I loved about So this what do I need to know about this article? Hertz. Quick. Okay. 18.7 hertz uh, of uh, well, the first, yeah. subsonic the, vibrations. The first point uh, talks about I, sound and how a certain level of sound triggers um, feelings of fear and stuff like that. And it goes through a few examples of where they've proven that that's actually what's causing people to feel the place is haunted. Is that there's something, a uh, uh, fan that's um, hitting that level of sound, a pipe, something like that, that is causing that frequency of sound in that area. And that triggers these feelings. Uh, it, it talks about some fun um, experiments they did at a concert with unwilling people and... Got the same results. So now, um, so but is this basically into, go through? Does this basically go through and give logical explanations for what yeah, might be it does, Brian. Brian. Oh. That's what I'm saying. It's a pretty interesting article. Okay. All right. Yes, it's, it's very well. Okay, I didn't get an opportunity to read it. Right. What and what it, they're it, saying essentially is that is that a lot of these apparitions that we're seeing or these feelings of dread that are generated are happening because of sonic vibrations at about 18.9 hertz, which is about the same the same level that a lot of very large, dangerous animals make noises at. Like, one of the examples they give is a tiger's roar. And is it, it gives links to actual scientific studies that were done on this. So it's not okay. like they're just pulling all the stuff out of the asses. They are looking at actual science on here. And it also talks about how that same sound can actually cause um, blurriness of the eyes, so you think you see something. Really? But it's actually it's, the eyeball vibrating. Right. Okay. And that's according to a NASA study. Okay. All right. Well, it sounds far more interesting than I than I thought. I, when I thought when I saw it at Crack. Well I done thought article, it was, okay. and like I said, it fits us so well because it's actual science mixed with smart ass comments. All right. So it goes into how this is a, you know a logical way to attribute haunting. You know, people have feelings that something's haunted. That you know, that there's something bad in the house, something like that. And this is the kind of thing you might look for. Is, is there something that's osculating funny in your house? You know, is, is there a strange, um, do you have a pipe organ? You can talk about how a pipe organ would be a great deterrent for um, 
uh, burglars because you, you have a pipe organ set up that you know, has just the breeze blowing through it and creating that right frequency. Someone enters your house, they're going to feel creeped out and want to run away. <laughs> All right. So Okay. Well, so it's over there if people want to read it. Uh, I, I think we need to wrap this up. I definitely recommend crack.com. They, have, they actually have a lot of great articles if you look through it. They're not just parodies or anything. They really are. Okay. They, they look at some real ideas, some real science, and they make it humorous. Okay. You can spend all day with things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else, guys? We're good. We're good. All right. Say good night. Good night. What I don't want to. You're just getting bossier and bossier and bossier. I can cut you off. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. Music for this podcast was provided by OMG. For more information about OMG, go to their website at myspace.com forward slash OMGHQ. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is released under a Creative Commons share alike, no derivatives, 3.0 license. We'd love to have you share our work with other people. Please do not edit or change the plot. Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and podcast album art is provided by and copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. 